I'm Dr. Shante, and welcome back to another episode of Branding for Believers. Woohoo! We are just moseying right along. And so uh, something that I, I need to mention, because I want all of you to be there. Don't forget, June 17th, I'm having a faith summit. And the Faith Summit is all about how to put faith in action. So a lot of times we have these dreams, these goals, these desires, and I can give you strategy all day long, but honestly, if you don't have the faith and the foundation to put that into action, it's not going to succeed. Likewise, you know, some of you, you know, you say you have faith, but then you just won't put it into action because you're paralyzed and you just don't know what to do. What does that first step look like? And that's what the Faith Summit is all about. So that's June 17th, early bird rates through April 30th. You can register right here in pod class if you would like to register in pod class. But that definitely make sure because it's going to be 50 seats in Chicago, 50 seats in D.C., and that's it. Like when they're they're gone, because I like to work up close and personal with people. That's why I don't do big stadium events, because I want to work with you and I want to see what you're doing and what your dream and your vision and your goal is. So keep that in mind. So our episode today is give it your all. And our guiding thought for today is this. From Luke 21, one through four. And he, he being Jesus, looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. So today we're going to be talking about giving your all. Looking at these three focuses. One, what's in your pocket? Two, sacrifice moves the needle. And three, giving when you're broke and broken. So what's in your pocket? <clears throat> no matter what you do, somebody will always have more than what you have. They'll have more something. They'll have uh, a greater head start, but no matter what you do, somebody will always have something more than what you do. And our problem is we spend way too much time in somebody else's pocket. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting with the question. I'm just being live up front and direct. What's in your pocket? Okay, because we spend a lot of time in other people's pockets, even as entrepreneurs, when we're about to price things. Well, I don't want to put that price on it because, you know, people with their money and then this, that and the third. Guess what? People have money for what they want to have money for. How many of y'all have seen a broke person buy something that, that that's that's more than a basic necessity? OK, how many of us have cried broke? OK, but somehow we was able to turn water into wine, made a dollar out of 15 cent and boom, we were able to manifest. So I, I, I no longer analyze people's pockets. I said people have money for what they want to have money for. So I'm asking what's in your pocket and we spend way too much time in somebody else's pockets, too much time analyzing what they must have spent on their hair and what they must have spent on their nails and their clothes and 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 how much those shoes cost and and how much that car must have cost and things that honestly just have nothing to do with you. That's just the bottom line. You know, we spend a lot of time in, in what somebody else is doing, but those things really don't have anything to do with us. And what they become is they become distractions from what we need to be focusing on, which is what is in our pocket. So comparison creates intimidation. I want to repeat that. Comparison creates intimidation. The longer you look at 
what somebody else has, the longer you look at how much further along they are than you, you are creating a dynamic of intimidation because you have lost your focus on what inwardly you should be doing. And now you've started focusing outwardly. So let's talk about this widow in the church, okay? So back in those days, you know, it wasn't like it is now, you know, where there's like these two working parents outside of the home and things like that. You know, if you were a widow, that means that you were dependent on your husband for all of your livelihood. OK, so her husband had died and this woman and and that immediately changed her, your, her economic circumstances. And sometimes that happens today in a two parent household or a double income household. You know, if both those checks are not coming in, ooh. You know, one of the, I can say one of the best pieces of advice that my father ever gave me, he said, was learn how to live off of one income. He said, if you ever get married, learn how to live off of one income because you could get pregnant and decide you don't want to go back to work or, you know, somebody could lose a job, you know, so don't get dependent on that second check. Learn how to live off of one income. And so, but in the widow's case, all they had was one income. So when the husband died, if somebody didn't come along, you know, and marry her up or, you know, the brother-in-law take her in, she was really in a bad situation. So this widow in the church was watching rich people, people that had way more than she had, give gifts. And all she had was a penny. I looked it up. I said, what is two mites? I said, what is two mites in today's language? A penny, not a nickel, not a dime. All she had was one cent. And when I say all she had, I don't mean all she had to give. I'm saying all she had to her name was one penny. And she gave it. How many of you, when your money start to get low, when the dollars start disappearing, when you get down to your last dollar, instinct tells us clutch on to it like it's your last breath. This woman did the exact opposite. So her money did not fold, okay? She wasn't making it rain, okay? She didn't have dollar bills coming off the top like that. It barely made a sound as it hit the basket, but that's what got Jesus's attention. But that's what made him speak up, stand up and take notice. Some of us are in that same boat. Some of us are on social media and we're looking at the quality of someone else's brand. So put yourself in the widow's shoes looking at, man, they brand looks so polished. Man, they brand looks so bomb. Man, what they doing is so awesome. See, you, you didn't see them when they stuff was raggedy. Okay, because because it's a process. Okay, but we sit on social media just like the like the widow sitting in the church looking at at the rich people give these big and lofty gifts. And we're looking at the quality of someone else's book. We're looking at the quality of their photos. We're looking at at their blog and we become envious of, of all the content that they're producing. And we're looking at how many followers they have. But I'm asking you, what's in your pocket? What's in your pocket? Comparison creates intimidation. So all the time that you're spending looking at what you aspire to do and how come yours doesn't look like that, instead of analyzing, hold up, but what do I have? What do I have? And so I want to point out some things that, that just to, to, to make it clear and abundant, because sometimes when we're looking at the quality of someone else's work, um, 
and we make all these assumptions about how much money they must have and this, that, and the third. Um, let me break down some things that are, are just like nothing. Social media is free. Okay. You don't pay to be on Snapchat. You don't pay to be on Periscope. You don't pay to be on Instagram. Social media is free. You're the commodity. You're the product on social media. You are Facebook's product. You are Instagram's product. So social media, the same social media that you're looking at, looking at everybody else's, is free for them and it's free for you. Media storage, Evernote and Dropbox, up to a certain storage amount, is free. So if you need a place to, to build your content and store it and organize it and make sure that it's consistently organized so that you can get it out in a timely manner, you can do that. For how much? Free means less than the one penny that the widow had because free is free, right? You don't have a DSLR camera, so that's that fancy, you know, high megapixel. You don't have that. But everybody in here got a camera phone. And those photo editing apps, nine out of ten times, they're free too. So you have a camera that you're already paying for in the bill of your phone through Verizon, Sprint, AT&T, and a lot of times you look at the quality of somebody's photos, um, they didn't have that fancy camera either. They had their phone, they used an app to add some filters and it came out with a quality product. You can do the same thing. Um, you can't afford Photoshop. I'm gonna tell you something, Photoshop has come a long way. Now they have, Adobe has this membership model, you know, where you subscribe to the Adobe suite of products. But once upon a time, the full suite of Adobe products used to be five, six thousand dollars. And then if you were a student, you maybe could get it for a thousand bucks. But now they've got it down to where, depending on where you fall in the spectrum, you can get it from anywhere from 29 to 59 bucks a month. But even still, that's a bill, right? But Photoshop costs that to, you know, edit photos and add text and things like that. But you know what? Canva is free. Canva, C-A-N-V-A dot com. Like, I'm declaring myself right now. I'm going to be the first Canvassador. Canva is out of Australia, and I do have an Australian listening base. I'm coming for you, Canva. Okay, I'm going to be a Canvassador because I use Canva all the time for... A about 80% of my graphic work, and I know Photoshop. Sometimes I just don't feel like being bothered with Photoshop, okay? So Canva is free. The time that it takes to master your craft is free. So while you're sitting up there looking at the rich people and looking at what you perceive to be the rich people, okay, the perceived to be the people that have it going on and got it all together and saying, man, if only I had that, you can do as much as they're doing and then some for absolutely nothing. Nothing. What's in your pocket? Because see, when you comparison, comparison also creates a convenient excuse for you to say, oh, well, I don't have, therefore I can't do. That's not the truth. You actually have an abundance of resources right at your disposal that you're not using, that you're not maximizing. Consistency is free. Being consistent and committed, that's free. Sure, it costs some of your time, but in terms of your resources, because money is a real sore spot with people, that is free. So let's talk about how, oh, and by the way, you know, uh, GoDaddy, so if you want to buy a domain, you're like, well, I don't have a website. Okay, I think Squarespace is what, like 10 bucks, 9.99, okay? 
So you can get a website for like 10 bucks and then GoDaddy, you can get a domain, Google GoDaddy promo code, and you can get a domain for 99 cents. So I just gave you a whole list of free resources, but if you need the website and the domain, okay, $11. You can find that in your couch cushions. You can ask somebody for that. So are you maximizing what you have, what's in your pocket? So let's talk about how sacrifice moves the needle. The people in the story, so the, the woman that the, uh, the widow that she was watching, that she was in church with, she was in the same line with these rich people. And these people gave out of their abundance and their comfort. They gave it and it didn't hurt to give it. It was like, you know, $20. You know how we say that about other people's pockets? Like, please, $20 ain't nothing for so-and-so. Oh, $1,000, please. They probably got that in, in, in the bottom of their purse. You know, we, we make these declarations about other people's money. So that's kind of how they were, where when they gave their gifts, it was nothing. They gave out of their riches and their abundance and they gave out of their comfort. But let me tell you something about comfort. Comfort keeps you complacent. Because when it doesn't hurt, you won't move. When you are uncomfortable, you will move. If you sit uncomfortably, if you're laying uncomfortably, if you are in an uncomfortable situation, you are going to move and you are going to move and you're going to adjust and you're going to pivot. You're going to stand up. You're going to sit down. You're going to stretch out. You're going to take a shoe on. You're going to put a shoe off. You're going to do whatever is necessary until you get comfortable because being uncomfortable causes you to move. And so even though these people were giving out of their riches and their comfort, they were complacent. And from the outside looking in, the rich people gave more than the widow. And this is why, oh, I am not a fan. So if this is your church, I'm not throwing shade on your church, but I just, I have never been a fan of those churches where they got the $50 line and the $100 line. And you know, the Bible says, just give your gift in secret and keep it moving. You know, we don't have to make a big affair of who's giving what that, ooh, ooh. Yeah, okay, but back on task, okay? But from the outside looking in, it looked like those people were giving more than, than what she had. But the widow gave sacrificially and Jesus said that she gave more than everybody. You know, being rich has its drawbacks. I know you all don't believe that, but being rich has its drawbacks. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. So when you think about like salmonella recalls, peanut butter, ice cream, pickles, and they start to do the investigating, nine times out of 10, somebody knew that the product was defective. Somebody knew that the Tylenol was mislabeled. Somebody knew it. But when they factored in what it would cost to recall the product versus the public's health and safety, they went with the dollar bill. Money has some drawbacks because once you get used to living a certain way, once you get used to flying first class, it's hard to go back to coach. And so that creates a dynamic all of its own. And this woman gave sacrificially. And that is what moved the needle. That is what gets Jesus's attention. So I'm asking you, what have you sacrificed? to answer the call. Where have you been uncomfortable to step up and answer the call? What have you sacrificed to answer the call? Because Jesus gave a sacrifice. You talking about a sacrifice. <laughs> you talking about somebody that was living high on the hog. The God of the universe took on human flesh to come down here and suffer with us. That's a sacrifice. That alone is a sacrifice. Okay, to go from the top of the hill, as my granny used to say, from sugar to shun, 
to Shinola. Okay, like that's a sacrifice. That's what Jesus did just to come down here and be uncomfortable. To, to know what it is to be hungry, okay? To, to, to just to, to know what it is to be talked about, to know what it is to be conspired against. Like that in and of itself was a sacrifice. But then he went the distance, right? And made the ultimate sacrifice. So I'm asking you, and, and, and that sacrifice is what moved the needle. That sacrifice is what changed the game for all of us. So sacrifice is what moves the needle. The children of Israel back in the days before Jesus came to be like the ultimate sacrifice, they gave sacrifices to atone for things, to give, you know, praises to God. They gave sacrifices of praise. What are you sacrificing? What are you sacrificing? You know, I have uh, my conference in September, DYOB. I have attendees, people that have attended this conference that have told me, I'm sacrificing lunches. I gave up Panera. I gave up, you know, Manny Petties. I'm doing my own hair now because I got to be there. I have to get there. What are you sacrificing to answer the call? Abraham. Abraham was willing to offer up his only son, Isaac, as a sacrifice. And what did God do? Because Abraham was willing to sacrifice, because Abraham was willing to give all. Now, let's put this in context. Again, we back in my Sunday school class this morning. Abraham was 100 when Isaac was born. Sarah was 90. They had waited for him. Sarah got impatient. She put Abraham off on her, her, her handmaiden. That was a hot mess. Um, it didn't work out. It didn't end well, okay? When you give your husband to another one, like, it's not going to end well, okay? Um, and so this was, Isaac was the son of promise, okay? And Abraham was willing to give the son of promise a treasure. And because he was willing to sacrifice, God provided a ram in the bush. God came with a backup plan. So it wasn't about Abraham sacrificing. It was about his willingness to give till it hurt out of obedience to answering the call. What are you sacrificing to answer the call? Are you willing to sacrifice your ego? Are you willing to sacrifice your pride and be transparent and open? Let me tell you something. Everybody in here looking good right now, but we haven't always had it together. We haven't. And some of us, we're so afraid to tell those stories. We're so afraid to just open up and say, look, this is what it is. And this is what I've been through. And I made some poor choices. And, and that's just where, I, because some of you psychologically, you're still there. And I want you to know that you give people, you give people the power to judge you. And that same power that you're giving people to judge you is the power that somebody else needs to be, get their breakthrough. So you're giving power to the judges instead of giving liberation to the slaves. Somebody's enslaved in the same poor choice that you made last year, two years ago. Heck, right now. Somebody's locked up in that and they need your story you to sacrifice your pride, your ego to say, I don't have it all together. I haven't always made wise choices. I've stumbled. But you're not there anymore. The past doesn't have a forwarding address. And so what are you willing to sacrifice in order to answer the call? So sacrifice moves the needle. Here are some things that some of us might need to sacrifice. Are you willing to sacrifice perfection? This is a big one. We haven't launched yet, 
we like, I mean, you talking about like summertime in the shower, we like in the double dutch robe. Like, okay, uh-huh, okay, what's up, not yet, all right, wait a minute, give me a second, I'm going. And folks get tired of turning the robe, they're like, you taking too long to get into the robe. I mean, you all day with it. And and some of us, you won't get into the rope, you won't start jumping double dish because you're not willing to sacrifice perfection. Let me tell you something about perfection. Jesus didn't wait for, for you to get perfect before he made a sacrifice. He died for you when your stuff was raggedy, when you was ratchet. He came and died for you for every poor raggedy choice you've ever made with money, with men, with women, with life, with friendships, with all of it. He didn't wait for you to get perfect for you to have it just. And so he came and sacrificed anyway. Are you willing to sacrifice fear? Are you willing to sacrifice publicity, how things might look to the public again, giving people the power to judge you? Are you willing to sacrifice leisure? Are you willing to sacrifice, you know, turn down time? Like, I done turned up. I'm turned down for like the next six months. We just turned down. Okay. Like, are you willing to sacrifice? And, you know, a lot of times we say, I don't have time. What did, just like we say, we don't have money, right? What did you do with the time you had? Okay. Are you willing to sacrifice perception? what other people perceive you to be because, you know, you grew up as like the goody two shoes or the goody gumdrops and, you know, you you look like you have it going on. But are you willing to sacrifice people's perception of you? And until you are willing to sacrifice, you need to be prepared to remain exactly where you are. That's just real. That's just honest. Until you're willing to let those things go. Be prepared to stall. So if you're praying and you're wondering, like, why isn't it happening? What's going on? I told you nine times out of 10, the person that you're waiting for is you. You're waiting for future you to show up. Okay. So giving when you're broke and broken, let's be honest, cash flow is like the number one challenge for new entrepreneurs. Money be funny, credit ain't getting it. You know, we've already made other choices and allocations to our bills. Sally, May, oh, it's not even Sally Mae anymore. It's Navient, Navient. I mean, like, I think they got a tracking chip in like our elbow or something like that. Like they know where you at, what you're doing when you went to the bathroom, what you ate for dinner. You know, like cash flow is the number one challenge for new entrepreneurs. But I, I have some questions to ask. OK, so when we say, you know, I'm broke, ask yourself, am I spending or am I investing? And one way to know whether or not you're doing that. I ask clients to do this all the time and they hate it. They hate it because they don't even want to look. But I'm going to challenge you to do it. Go through your last three months of bank statements. So from January to March, go look through the bank statements and tally how much you've spent on non-essential purchases. You didn't need it. How much did you spend on Ivy Park? How much did you spend on Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, movie tickets, Manny Petties, gym shoes, concert tickets, drinks, Cavassier? How much did you spend? on non-essential, you walked into Target for toilet tissue and you walked out with some ballet flats and a handbag and a straw hat for the summer. Like, I want you to seriously go through your bank statements and find out how much you've spent. I've had clients do this. Some of them have spent as much as $700. Some of them have spent as much as $1,700. But we broke, we say, right? Next. <clears throat> The Bible says, given it shall be given to you. So this widow was literally on her last penny, but she still gave. Some of you 
have tried this entrepreneur thing, you've tried this brand thing, you've tried to get out there and you're tired and you're frustrated and you are on your, you might not be on your last penny, but you might be on your last hope. Keep giving, keep giving. That's what I'm gonna tell you, keep giving. Some of you, you on your last nerve, keep giving, keep giving. Some of you need to know that God recognizes faithful giving. You know what faithful is? Consistent, careful, unwavering, giving. Not giving for show, because sometimes you are giving, you like, I am giving, but I have to ask you also, question your motives. Question the intention of your heart. Some people give for show. You know, I'll never forget. Here's my relationship with Kanye. I know people say Kanye ain't crazy. I'm not going to label him, but I'm going to say that there was Kanye before his mom died and there was Kanye after his mom died. So Kanye before his mom died, I used to listen to his music. And I think it was a song, All Falls Down. And he said, and I spent 400 bucks on this just to be like, you ain't up on this. Sometimes we do things for show. We brand for show. We built in a platform for show just to say we was here with this person and that person just to say, you know, we was doing this, that and the third. So if you're giving, you can give, but you can also give with the wrong motives. And that's not going to yield a blessing for you. Not giving for praise. So people can say, girl, you did that. Or you, man, you, that, that's what's up. You know, you, you the man. Like, no, Jesus was none of those things. He didn't do anything for praise. Matter of fact, Jesus ducks fame and spotlight at every turn. When the crowds got too much for him, he would just vanish out of their sight. And you would find him on a mountain somewhere like Sophia in the color purple, like just rocking back and forth. Like, oh, it's sitting at jail. Like, it was too much. It was too much, you know, but, but Jesus didn't want any parts of that. So he didn't do things for, for praise for himself. You know, he was like, give the praise to God. And then he just moved out of the way. Okay. But when you give in humility, when you give in obedience, that is the kind of giving that will move you closer to where you are destined to be. Uh, so my reflection was um, on the part that you talked about making comparisons creates intimidation. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I remembered a passage back in Psalm 73 where David was kind of reflecting on his enviousness of, of the rich people. Yes, he said, and my foot almost slipped when I saw that. Exactly. The yeah, when I saw the uh, prosperity of the wicked. Right, and their yep. hearts were malice and, and turned against God and things like that. But then at the, the latter part of that, he says, but when I went into the sanctuary and I realized like how amazing God is to me, how mm -hmm. he's creating a slippery ground for them. So while they're out here living in and we think that they have a going on they haven't acknowledged where their wealth comes from where their mm -hmm. peace comes from and so um kind of creating a termination for themselves basically yeah. so that was a really great piece for me to kind of reflect on and understand like even though it might look great from the outside um just kind of reflect on what God has done to me internally mm -hmm. and how I'm going to have better peace knowing that my intern my internal self and my external self is going to match better and look better and, and feel better because he was a part of it as opposed to me kind of creating that platform for myself hold up i want to run a lap around the, the around the room it's like hold up that just blessed me right there um I, i'm gonna be honest um 
sometimes we have to remind ourselves. The only thing I can really say to that besides amen is that sometimes we really have to remind ourselves that we walk by faith and not by sight. Sight will kill you every time looking at somebody else, looking to the left and looking to the right. Even Peter, when he walked out on the waters, was looking at the, the problems and the waves. And that's when he started to sink. Faith is what got him to walk on the water, but sight is what drowned him. And so you're absolutely right. It's like, don't make those comparisons because those people, they are creating a slippery slope for themselves. But, you know, we are, are going to in the long run. And I know we don't want to hear that, but in the long run, if we don't faint, we will we will reap the blessing. Thank you so much for saying that. Well, first, I just want to say these past two hours have been a blessing for me. Just hearing your message from episode 50 and episode 51. Thank you. Um, what really stuck out for me in episode 51 is that comfort keeps you complacent. Mm. And I'm a nurse. I went back to school after... Um, after high school, I was really indecisive. Went away to college, thought, you know, that's the route. Everybody goes to college after high school. That's what you should do. Mm -hmm. Didn't end up, you know, that didn't work out. Came mm -hmm. home, became a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is what I want to do. You know, everybody said, oh, yeah, you're good at doing hair. Go for it. <clears throat> Did that for like five to six years. And like you said, you when, when you get uncomfortable, you start moving around. And That's it's right. like I like something wasn't right. Something just wasn't sitting right. And I'm like, do I see myself doing this for the next 30, 40, 50 years? Mm -hmm. And so like out the blue, I just decided, Nikki, go back to school. You know, there's something more for you to do. Um, so I went back to school. And of course, I had those doubts, um, you know, up in age now. Well, I feel like I was up in age. Girl, you got <laughs> it going on. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, everybody's going to be looking at me like, oh, my God, like you're starting over, you're starting late and everything. And I was definitely out of my comfort zone. But when I made that decision, everything started to line up. And it yeah. wasn't until I started to pray and ask God to align me with his will mm -hmm. that everything just started to flow. Because when I was a hairstylist, when I was back in college, everything I touched literally crumbled. And I yeah. failed at it. And I'm like, what is going on? This is what I want to do. But it wasn't what God wanted me to do. You were being redirected. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's crazy. And even now, I just graduated last year and I'm sitting in this position. I'm like, okay, I made it. You know, mm -hmm. I, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. But I'm still getting uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so about a month and a half ago, I decided... Um, that I wanted to do something for the youth, the inner city um, kids of Chicago, mm -hmm. and start a fitness and motivational program. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? <laughs> like, this just came out of nowhere. Like, I thought being a nurse is what I was going to do, and this is this is going to be it. Like, I'm good. I'm set. But now I have, you know, this other project that I want to do, mm -hmm. and it's like, God is telling me, I'm not done. I put you in this position in the healthcare field for a reason. Yep. And now you're going to be a voice to do something more yeah. for, you know, these kids and, and everything. So I can relate to that. You know, when I finally decided after I wasn't going to be a cop and moved on down the line to be a college professor, I was like, bam, college professor. I got tenure. I'm in a union. I'm good. And I was not comfortable. And so even though I'm on campus twice a week teaching their class, here I am on a Sunday afternoon teaching pod class because the gift was the same, but the content was different. 
And so I totally can connect to that. And I'm going to pray for you in that because I, I believe that it will be successful, that God doesn't do anything by accident or happenstance. He's intentional. And he's going to be intentional towards that that dream that you have. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for viewing. So if you guys have takeaways, something that just really connected and reflected in your spirit, go ahead and tweet me out at Dr. Shante Says. You know, I always respond. Um, catch me on Wednesday nights uh, in April. If you, I think when this episode airs, we might still be in April. Um, but if not, I'm putting all the Believe Bigger Bible studies on YouTube for you guys to go back and watch. They've been awesome. They've been really, really awesome. And don't forget to register for the Faith Summit. So thank you guys so much. Thank you for watching and listening Branding for Believers. You can get all of today's show notes at brandingforbelievers.com. And you can follow Dr. Shante on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. And don't forget to tune in for the next episode. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.